This is the St. Luligan Podcast Network. Hey everybody, this is Show Up, Make Noise. My name is Zach. I'm Rick. I'm Sam. And we are three guys talking about all things soccer support in St. Louis. Uh, And our name says it all. Show up, make noise. Our whole goal uh, job is to show up, make noise on game day. Uh, So we talk all things game day, making noise, drums, capos, uh, even TIFOs and tailgating, all those types of things leading up into uh, St. Louis City. Um, And we are, if you don't know us, uh, we've been doing this for the last six years in St. Louis for St. Louis FC. Uh, I did it a couple years before that for the St. Louis Lions uh, with the Luligans. Luligans have been around for now uh, I think 11 years or going on 11 years. So uh, we've been here in St. Louis doing this for a while. So uh, we're just starting to try to start a conversation about what happens in soccer in St. Louis. So on that note, let's talk about the big event that happened last night in St. Louis. Uh, We were down at the Schlafly Tap Room right across from the brand new St. Louis City Stadium. Um, Guys, what did you think about the event last night? Huge. Uh, No, well, just real quick, you know, a big thanks to Schlafly for, you know, for being such great hosts and for, you know, allowing everybody to to put on and take part in this event. I thought the turnout was killer. I think the final number was somewhere in the ballpark of 300 people by the end of the night. So, uh, you know, that was certainly very cool. I think everybody, you know, didn't get a chance to meet everyone. Um, but it was very nice just to kind of mingle and, and, uh, you know, like you had said, you know, put faces to Twitter handles and, and conversation there too. So, uh, super successful, super productive. It was also just really good to get out and be in a room full of people who, uh, you know, love soccer. Absolutely. Rick, you only got like half hour of it, but uh, how'd you feel about the half hour you saw? Uh, It looked like everybody else had a really good time and I completely missed it. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, Rick was at, you had a band competition, right? Uh, No, the school I teach at the band was playing a national anthem for the ball game. Right on. Yeah. So uh, if you don't know, or if you uh, haven't paid attention, Rick uh, actually does work in uh music he is uh what do you what is it that you technically do for the marching band are you a uh like a drum corps uh teacher i don't know what the word for that is uh i am specifically a front ensemble technician right on but rick is one of the only people uh among the luligans that i think is actually a legitimate musician so uh he teaches kids how to play drum line well and uh and take care Pro- of all of those professional things. musician professional musician yeah we, uh, we do have a number of people who have been in the field and are very uh skilled and talented that's fair yeah i don't want to throw any shade at uh, our former uh drum leader ryan uh and uh and dave those guys are legit musicians uh we got pat that also is a uh, legit uh, i think he was actually playing music last night which is why he couldn't be there mm-hmm. and we all missed him i love a pat kidding hug um but yeah so uh i thought it was great like like sam said we got to meet a bunch of new people we got to meet a bunch of people who are interested in in maybe getting involved with the drum corps um and those types of things uh and sam and i were just talking about uh somebody who came up and i'm going to apologize to all of you because i met a hundred people last night and i don't remember any of the names um but anyway somebody came up and was asking us about time commitment i feel like we wanted to touch on that a little bit uh so sam do you want to handle that one 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, the conversation started with, you know, I, I really want to be a part of this. This is really cool. I have a musical background. Uh, but the concern was, what's the commitment that goes into it? You know, if, you know, are we talking like practices and schedules and every game and every March and all of these things, uh, you know, that was that the longer we talked to him, that was his only hesitation was, was saying yes to being a part of this and then over committing himself. But man, like realistically, and as soon as we explain kind of how it works, you know, he was very at ease and, and was, you know, down to, to be a part of this, the commitment in this whole group is only what you make it to be. You know, we're not, we're not asking that you show up three hours before a game. We're not asking that you help us lug all our shit into the stadium. We're not asking that you, you know, march 0.9 miles or whatever it winds up being, you know, or, or that you have to show up to every game or that you have to drum all, you know, 95 minutes uh, of, of the, uh, the playtime. You know, we're not asking for, you know, commitments on any of that. Um, anything that you want to do to be a part of this, you know, we'll take 100% of what you give us. And, and we're never going to ask, you know, for more or demand for more or expect more. Like if all you want to do is help us carry drums in during the FC era, we had a ton of people who only contributed by bringing in the drums. And that was more than enough. Cause that's just, that's one thing that we didn't have to worry about. That's one less thing that we had to, you know, logistically figure out. We had some people who only wanted to play during the March and they wanted to watch the game. That's totally fine. That's a big chunk of time and just physical exertion, marching and carrying the drum that, you know, we don't have to do and allows us to put more into the, the actual game time. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I was that the idea that somebody would just march the drum. I feel that was kind of Dan towards the end. Dan was always yeah. our guy that he loved doing the march. He liked being involved, but he um, wanted to watch the game specifically with his daughter. I think I think mm -hmm. that was the thing. It was like he was bringing family along and he wanted family time because that was his family time. Absolutely. Please do that. But if you want to be involved, if you want to hang out with the people that you know you normally hang out with, that's great. But we also do need people um, to carry drums to help with maybe just the march or help with, um, you know, if we do have a practice and we need somebody to come out and have a couple extra hands, that kind of stuff is great. Yeah, so to, uh, to sub in if I break a finger on a drum hoop again. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we just need beyond the, the signed contract and blood. There's really not that much that we ask from most of you. Um you know, in, in the grand scheme of things. So, um, but no, I, I think just letting people know that, yes, we do want people involved and we would love you to be all, you know, 100% bought in here all the time. And there are people who, um, uh, do that. Um, Chris and, um, uh, is it, it's not Alyssa. What's the, what's his wife's name? God dang it. Um, starts with an A and I'm a terrible human being. Uh, but they, I met them at a second shift thing a year and a half or two years ago. Um, and I keep reintroducing myself to Chris cause I'm a terrible human being. Um, and apparently even more because I don't remember his wife's name. Um, but they started just kind of randomly coming to events and they worked the merch booth the entire night last night. Um, and that's incredible. Like the fact that I remember the day that I think Audrey, Audrey, that's it. The 
I remember the first time I met them and I remember that I'm awful because I can never in the moment remember their names. Um, but it is one of those people that I I always know that they're around because they keep getting more and more involved in the things that we're doing and they keep putting their hands up when people ask, hey, can I help out with this? And we talked about it with Leader Jake last week and I think it's really, really important as these events go on to realize that we don't have to help every time, but if you're willing to help sometimes or anytime it really really is um super helpful when you can volunteer to help carry a drum or a cooler or a flag or um help the tifo crew show up for a tifo crew painting night um it's paint by numbers but on a 200 foot scale and usually they give you beer for showing up so like there's almost no reason not to do it so um and i'll even kind of point to rick like rick we love when Rick is able to be there, but Rick does professionally do marching band. Like his, a lot of his profession is marching band. And if you know anything about marching band, it happens a lot of the same times that soccer games happen. So Rick is not able to be at every single game. Um, so I would say, Rick, jump in, talk a little bit about, you know, schedule and what, how you try and get involved, even though you're not able to be there all the time. Uh, for the times that I am available, I just try and show up like rule number one, show up there. I don't know if that oversimplifies it, but it's really the the hardest part. 100% is just deciding to, to, to get out the door that day, you know, mm -hmm. especially during marching season, it's super busy. I'm standing on really hot, sunny fields in months like Joggist and, uh, like just being outside and miserable. And I don't want to go spend another few hours in the evening being outside and hot and miserable. But then I remember that I'm playing for fun. Like there's no obligation to be good. I can just not really play super hard. I can pace myself. I can even just not play for a while. Yeah. And when you chant for more beer, people will hand you beer, which does not happen nearly as often on the high school practice field. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely can get away with having a frosty beverage in the <laughs> stands at, say, a, a soccer game rather than when I have to go to a Cardinals game and sit around a bunch of students that I teach. Can't really justify that one. Not as much. Yeah, that is uh, it's a little bit harder. <laughs> So you go to the uh, concession stand and ask for the uh, the soda cup, but then put the beer in it. <laughs> Mr. Breyer, are you drinking beer through a straw? No, shut up. <laughs> Anywho, um, so what else did we take away from the the fan council or not the fan council, but the the meet the uh, Luligans thing last night? We did hear some of the things that I think we've kind of been talking about from the fan council. Seabeck uh, got up and uh, made some, I would mm -hmm. say, announcements. I think things that probably have not been released publicly um, that we've had a little bit of chance to not only kind of here but i guess give feedback on uh yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I think the big one was uh you know they brought over the supporter section renderings and kind of the logistics of a lot of the game day things in the supporter section uh you know which was really cool and for a lot of people it was the first time they're hearing that uh, so just quick correction on the tifo rigging it's 257 feet 
end to end. Wow. So approximately, I assume one entire airplane hangar is kind of just the ballpark that I've been going on. I mean, that's a very convenient measurement tool. I wonder why we would use that. <laughs> uh, but also kind of talk about the, you know, we had talked about it on the the episode after this fan council, but, uh, you know, now it's out there where all the different rigging points are and, and what, you know, as a supporter section, we're going to be able to do with that. You know, we talked about adding depth. We talked about, you know, using a third of the TIFO rigging, you know, for some games versus having to do the whole rigging for everything. Just realize you're looking at a picture of this. You're so prepared. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Same as like the, the rendering on just, his it's phone. It's not just ready. a picture. I think it's a picture of a picture. So we're we're really in there. Uh, but it was just really cool to, to put that in front of everybody and talk about, you know, the three capo stands, the one front and center, the one to the left, the one to the right, kind of where the drum riser is trying to be uh, pointing out you know where the supporter section bar is you know things like that so uh, stuff that they haven't really like gone out of their way to hide but uh, but this was a good chance and, and they took it to really put their stamp on delivering it to you know to the masses yeah and one idea that I do not remember who gave it to me but it was a great idea and I'm gonna throw it out into the universe uh, and see if uh, any of the people who listen to this can make it happen see back um, so um, somebody mentioned last night the city museum and how we should somehow work with the city museum to make one of our capo stands city museumified um, and I don't know how to make it happen but, uh, you know, build it out of like a, a used school bus or, uh, you know, do something crazy where uh, we weld a whole bunch of stuff to it. I don't really know, but I would totally be down to see what a city museum. I, I like that idea. You like. know, we everybody from the casual fan all the way up to the, you know, the executive level at city. Everyone's trying to to figure out and discuss like what is the St. Louis angle? Like how do we make this the most St. Louis thing? And I think that's a killer place to start. I mean, if we made the entire stadium, like if you just gave city museum free reign in that stadium, I'd also be totally fine with it because the city museum was one of my favorite places in the world. Like that is, it just brings me joy every time I'm in that building, just looking at the architecture and the, the, random bits and boops that they stick together and make this incredible uh building if you've not been to the city museum i don't know what you're doing um but go check it out and then think about what a uh, city museum capo stand could look like how many capo stands are we getting total three three yeah. three yeah so directly behind the goal is the main stand and then several rows up from that is they're calling it the drum riser but it'll basically be where the drum core is and additional capos and equipment and things and then the left and right most complete uh sections will also have uh capo stands yeah um so like oh. one for the museum one for the zoo, one for the botanical gardens. You know, 100% on board with that. Because uh, I was thinking like, I was also thinking like towers. Like we've got a couple like iconic tower type buildings in uh, yeah, St. Louis. Yeah, we've got the the water tower. Yeah. Um, I, it was, the, isn't there is like the a lamp tower? Is the Archa tower? I mean, I don't think so. Is it two towers? Whoa. Don't ever forget. Um... <laughs> 
Um, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, that would be a fun capo stand, though. Just a capo stand where you're just standing in the center of the arch. <laughs> don't, don't know how to make that happen, but maybe that's the city museum version. We just make a whole bunch of, uh, stack a whole bunch of St. Louis stuff, make a, an arch that we stand on top of. Uh, could be fun. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's a fun way to, you know, build them all up so we can have, like, cause I think a, a botanical garden, uh, capo stand would be amazing. Just like flowers, uh, falling off of it or just one of them. that looks like a, a Mardi Gras parade, parade float, you know, something, uh, again, tap into our French roots. I don't know. I think there's, there's some cool stuff we could do with it. I can see that. What are you looking there's, for over there, Sam? You're oh, no, I just got a message that uh, there's a local seller here in St. Louis that has a pair of uh, a set of lightly used uh, quince. Oh, they're right doing on. they're doing local pickup. But then I scrolled down and saw the price tag on that. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not, keep scrolling. Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> not, not so much. Swipe left on those drums. I understand that. Yeah. Drum equipment is expensive. But they, I mean, they look nice. They do. Yeah. yeah. And they're actually kind of even the right color. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, we had that was another question we had last night was um, drums. Uh, Dave Len, uh, Lemon uh, offered. I almost called him Dave Lennon. Uh, Dave Lemon offered to um, basically donate his. He has a, a high tension snare that he's going to basically donate to the the group. Yeah. Um, so we theoretically now have two high tension snares, which is probably one high tension snare too many. But um, my ears would say yeah. it's too, too many. <laughs> That's but. fair. Um, but I mean, the thing I like about the high tension snare is it makes it so you don't have to have 10 snare drummers. Like yeah. one snare drummer can do enough with a high tension snare. Rick, you look like you have an idea. Uh, different color schemes. <laughs> he does one. Well, I think his has a gorgeous wrap on it already because uh, yeah, he brought it to one of the uh, the FC games and it, yeah. it was it's a real nice looking drum. Yeah, he, uh, he think he said SSX. Is that a is that a thing? I don't know. Uh, SFX. S, yeah, it's probably I think SSX. Uh, wasn't that a snowboard video game? That's on, yeah, on absolutely. Yeah, tricky. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and also great. Enjoyed that game. <laughs> think I enjoyed the, it. So you could play as the alien, and your yeah. your snowboard was just his uh, his little saucer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think I've enjoyed every snowboarding video game I've ever played. I don't think I was ever angry at a snowboarding video I game. Enjoy those way more than actual snowboarding. Also. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have terrible knees, and you have terrible knees. So just yeah. anything that involves uh, me not walking somewhere on my actual feet <laughs> is people are like you want to go roller skating, water skiing. No, no. All of that just sounds like a dis location waiting to happen thanks <laughs> i could um but people did ask about drums last night uh getting back on the the to drum conversation um and they were asking about you know are we looking for new drums or are we taking new drums i've had people yeah. offer me drums recently it was um, a it was a really good question it was actually worded like from the perspective of like sponsorship you know specifically how you know how are we going to source the equipment to meet the size of the group that you know we're eventually going to need to put this on and you know who who does that does the club help do we do it ourselves like how does that work you know i think we were immediately you know zach and i we were immediately in agreement that you know if the club wants to give us something they absolutely can but we're not going to take it under any pretense of you know a quid pro quo by any by any stretch 
and to that end, it, I feel like I would probably, I would accept help from the club to negotiate help from someone else, but I don't think I would help accept a direct handout from the club right. with the understanding that any direct handout is going to come with a, hey, we gave you that once, now do something for me. Right. And I just, I don't. I don't trust that relationship. I, again, it's nothing against any of the people there. Um, I trust half of everything that gets said. I trust the human half, not the MLS half, uh, not the business half. So, um, yeah. Uh, we have in the drum corps, I think, a really good tradition of secondhand sourcing our drums. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of the drums that we have in the core were bought new off the shelf by anybody in the drum corps. Unless, of course, like, like Jim bought his own djembe new. I don't know. I don't about think that. so. I think Jim had, I think Jim had his djembe. I'm almost positive Theodorable has his own djembe. Um, so yeah, I think the, the quads, I, I know we got secondhand. Mm -hmm. the, the, the sousaphone we got off of a wall in a band room because Dave Corbett is some kind of magician and got it for mm -hmm. $50, which is unheard of. I will never not tell the story of Dave Corbett texting me that he had a $50 tuba and me absolutely not believing him mm -hmm. because it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we fell ass backwards into a bunch of the other drums. Uh you know, Ryan had to drive cross state lines to get the war drum. Yeah, and that that drum is amazing. I cannot wait to get that back out and doing stuff. In, yeah, for sure. In a stadium where it can maybe do the work. Mm -hmm. uh, we do need to figure out how to. God, what's the word I'm looking for? Mute it better. You know, make it so you can. Hit it more than once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we we need to get some dampening. Dampening is the word I think I was looking for, just to maybe tighten up the rear head and and give it some yeah. some dampening to to make it so you can give it a couple th quick thwacks without uh, making it sound like it's dying. And I understand it's a bigger drum; it's not meant for quick uh, quick reaction. But uh, anyway, I will have somebody that actually knows how to deal with concert drums. Yeah, Rick. we can make that adjustment. <laughs> Rick, uh, and make that happen. But, um, so that is a, an interesting question, though, I guess, um, logistics-wise. We've talked a little bit about how we want to kind of keep the drum corps nimble, I think. But we went to Madison. Uh, many of the Luligans went to Madison. I think I was the only, I know I was the only one of us that, that made it up. Um, and they ended up having, gosh, they had three 22 inch bases all on the type of stands that Sam has. So you can have them, uh, or no, are you a 24 inch base? What are you? No, the kick drums we use are 24. Oh, okay. What are, what is, what's yours? Then? Are you a 28? No, I'm a 36. Is it really? Something. Yeah. Okay. Well, Is I think they were one of the marching bass drums. Yeah. Uh, probably a thirty-two. I don't know. I looked at so many drums that summer, trying to like 
figure out how to get the bigger one that I don't ever I don't remember which yeah. one I grabbed. Well, I just know it's big enough that if it's in my car, the rest of the things don't fit. So they had essentially four of what I think roughly was your size of bass drum. They had one guy playing a snare, and I meant to ask Rick what the other thing was, but I keep calling it a like a timbale snare, and I don't know if that's actually a thing. Um, but it was here. Uh, I'll I'll show Rick the picture live, and we'll see if he can uh, tell me what the guy's playing. Come on down, Rick. You're on the clock. Oh boy. Uh, so putting this degree to test. This could be real the, embarrassing. The dude that looks like Jeff's dad uh, playing this <laughs> snare. Uh, a blue shirt. Yeah, blue shirt. Uh, but it's, it is a, it's a, it's deeper, but it's real high pitch. Like it's got, and again, I don't even know that the timbale is what I'm thinking of, but it's got a real high pitched, like almost like you're rim shotting every single hit. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. It reminds me of like some South American snare drum like drums well i think but that, i can't remember what it's called that's definitely what it is it's, it's that kind of south american snare uh because again it's got that real high pitch uh like almost overtuned head type uh sound to it yeah the dimensions are kind of weird to be acacia i don't know but anyway uh so they were rocking one of those so they had a snare drum which was pretty much just a standard uh i would say like 12 inch steel snare and then uh the dude on that drum and then they had one dude up front that was keeping time and that was because of the the distance and again that's something we'll have to deal with when we get further into our organization is how we keep everybody together um but they had six drums two trumpets um we had essentially that for St. Louis FC when we had a full drum line. Um, but what do we actually think we're going to have? And that's, I know, a tough question because we have potentially uh, Chief, and I, I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to try and say Bakula. Uh, I, he's going to come and try and get involved with us. Um, Carlos has talked uh, to me specifically last night, but a couple nights about. The fact that he thinks he's got some uh, Colombian guys that are interested in, in doing some stuff, which I think would be amazing. Um, so just figuring out how many people do we think we're actually going to put on a drum riser for a game day? Eight. So you thinking one to two snares. I'm still kind of going with one, but we'll see, <laughs> see how it goes. Uh, one to two snares maybe three bass drums I, but yeah i was thinking you know four like three in the war drum probably okay uh potentially one to two quads and then is that you sam i don't know we're getting inter interference from somebody yeah it's you just don't put it on the mic cable you're literally setting your phone on the mic cable yeah uh, but it wasn't me oh okay but it stopped when it, yeah, it's you. It's 100% you. Me. It is 100% no, you. It's not me. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, but we have chief potentially uh, a couple people there and then a potentially right, a couple so other people. like 10. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe closer to 10 to 12. Uh, and a cooler water. And a cooler <laughs> water. I already talked to Caleb. That is his job is, uh, is water in fact i suggested to caleb that they add an extra dollar or two to everybody's ticket and give us all free water in the water section i don't know if it's going to go over but that's my idea because keeping people hydrated 
in a supporter section in St. Louis heat is going to be uh, a big time deal. And uh, for as cheap as water is, um, including at the ticket price for the supporter end and giving people water when they need it is uh, a good idea, in my opinion. But what the hell do I know? Uh, So. How do we think we're going to get drums then? Are we going to keep the stuff that we have? Are we going to try and secondhand source drums? What are we thinking? Uh, I would like to keep up that tradition of secondhand sourcing stuff, you know, buying it secondhand if there happens to be money in a drum fund, uh, accepting donations when we can accept them. So, because we're not always in a position to take on new equipment just at a whim. Yeah, no, I have a snare and a floor tom still in my garage that we just we couldn't figure out how to implement, and as a result, it's just been sitting on my shelf. Absolutely. So that, huh? I wonder if we can do something with that too. Anyway, um, I was just trying to think of how we could use people who were trying to donate use equipment to us that we can't use how do we connect that to somebody who could like is there a program somewhere that needs used instruments or are used instruments just uh, a sore spot to everybody like can we can we give them to uh like the boys and girls club can we like upfit some drums i'm I'm sure there's there's something out there that you know gladly accepts third hand yeah uh, you know musical instruments they're not in i mean they're they're a little beat up but they're completely functional yeah but I mean, we put rims on them and or put some heads on them and whatever and and ship them out we'll see maybe we can i don't know i'll look into it see what we can do if anybody knows anybody who's looking for used instruments or they can use used instruments yeah keyword yeah definitely in the st louis uh greater metro area um absolutely that would be fantastic if you know somebody um because we do have people offer us stuff all the time and right now i just my house is not big enough if you could see every there's just shit piled everywhere anyway so um i don't have enough room to take them in sam doesn't really have enough room to take them in rick doesn't have enough room to take them in right now so unless we get some uh some nice storage facility we are not not in the the business of taking drums at this point but um if you have an idea of how we could get some or whatever um i do have an idea that because of one of the things rick has talked about which i still don't think we're really ready to roll out yet so i'm gonna kind of keep teasing it rick has a really good idea of how to get the city involved with the drums but um i want to try and have a little bit more of a plan on it before we roll it out so um but mastermind rick who doesn't say a lot uh is still coming up with plans in the background that's why he doesn't say a lot he's always formulating um so what else we want to talk about from last night anything that we really haven't covered so far i know we talked drums we did meet tuba jake who i have now named tuba jake tuba jake he even went and got a new name tag as soon as you guys had that conversation man i don't it it always makes me feel weird when i say something and somebody just does it like it's not it's not something that should happen because i say a lot of stupid shit well to be fair (laughs) to be fair to be fair 
You did just find the first guy with a name tag that said Jake on it, and you pointed at him and asked him if he was Tupa Jake. Well, so I knew Jake was going to, like, he had told me he was going to come find us, and that guy very pointedly, like, came up and talked to me, so I thought he had some insider knowledge, Uh and he had some, uh, like, uh, starter, what's the gauges in? And I thought potentially, you know, a lot of tuba players tend to to rock the the alt style. So, uh, look, man, I know I I hung out with tuba players, did uh, all state. You just sat in a room with a bunch of different tuba players. It was weird. Uh, you don't want that many tubas in a room because uh, then tuba tra- crazy train happens. I guess you're not a big fan of Tuba Christmas. I actually love Tuba Christmas. Uh, I tried to play in a Tuba Christmas once, but I could never figure out the schedule. Uh, got a, a lot of random just tuba music. This is fascinatingly over my head. But, <laughs> but like, <laughs> it is It is like it's the next step past band nerd. Once again, we're in the middle of the podcast and we've hit a point where I have so many questions. <laughs> so in a day when malls were still a thing, mm. uh, because this is the only place, I guess, that would let them do something like this. Uh, tuba players would meet en masse, literally traveling hundreds of miles in some cases, to just play a concert entirely of Christmas music. Yeah. It's like a flash mob of tuba players? Kind of, sort of, yeah. Okay. Only, like, it's advertised. Oh, okay. Yeah. But cool. it, it was... Like, How did I never know about this? You can literally... You can look it up. There are CDs that were oh, made. I mean, I, I believe... I won't because yeah. it's a lot of effort, but I believe you. Yeah. There's there's actually, like, there are... There's a very niche subset of music that is just tuba players playing different things. Like, it, it is... Uh, yeah. Cool. And then you get cheaters playing euphonium and trombone and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. No, nobody wants a bass... The, nobody wants a bass trombone right in this. <laughs> Actually, I would love a bass trombone, but uh, anyway, I've got one tuba player, so I'm going to call myself happy. I got one tuba player and Andrew Vernon. That's what I got. Now we just need the necromancer and we can round (laughs) out the entire core. Uh, Michael and Valerie asked me last night about the the necromancer. I was very happy. Somebody is still very concerned about the necromancer. (laughs) Um, They're out there somewhere for us. They just haven't (laughs) swiped right yet. (laughs) Oh my god, I instantly tried to figure out what the necromancer dating site name was, mm. and my brain is not functioning that well. Well, it probably wouldn't be a swipe left, swipe right. I imagine it's probably like a swipe up for yes, like... You bringing them back from bring, the grave? Yeah. <laughs> symbolic. Oh boy. Uh, anyway. Um... <laughs> So we we heard from Seebeck. We heard a little bit from Caleb last night. If you didn't get a chance to meet Caleb, Caleb is our uh, supporter section ticket rep. Uh, he's a nice guy. Um, I think a, he talked to you for a minute. Did he have? He his, is an enthusiastic dude, and I love talking to him. Was it his girlfriend or is it his wife? I uh, didn't, fiance. Fiance. Fantastic. I didn't get a chance. You were talking to them, and yeah. somebody else pulled up and talked to me. And I do want to apologize to literally everyone I talked to last night, who I was in the middle of a conversation with, and then somebody else walked up and said hi to me, and I instantly stopped talking to you and started talking to somebody else because that's what happens at those types of events especially when we haven't seen one another for a year and a half. Um, it's crazy. So uh, I apologize to anybody I rudely stopped talking to uh, in the middle of a conversation last night, but it was really, really great to meet people um, and get out and 
just hang out with soccer people again. So that was fun. Uh, we want to switch to fan council. Uh, yeah, let's no, do it. Neither, sure. neither one of you. People. Sorry, I was <laughs> just like, I was just thinking like with the stadium out the window at Schlafly, like this was the closest that I've gotten to the stadium. I had only driven past it yeah. before this event one time and it was from 40. So like I didn't really get a good feel for how big it is. Holy shit. It's right huge. past it for about two blocks. I did not realize how far north it expanded. It's huge. It is a it's yeah. It's it's bigger than it is in my head. You yeah. know, in my head you see the aerial views, you see the views from the top of Schlafly, you know, from Stephen Hale doing those videos all the time. You see some drone footage and it just doesn't click the footprint. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like smack dab in the middle of that area i i love it it's fucking massive well i'm an ex- i'm excited too because it looks huge from the outside but i know that it's dug in a bit so i know that the field is technically below ground level yeah and that's even more exciting because it's it's bigger it's almost like tardis like it's a little bit bigger on the inside uh i think they're a lot bigger on the inside yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't give Seabet credit for making something much anything though. So uh, it's it is. Uh, I, I I think it's gonna be fun. I had a whole bunch of people messaging me last night, you know, or this morning. Can't wait to see what it's gonna be like. You know, are you excited about the you know being mm-hmm. in there? And my statement is always yes. If I don't fuck it up, <laughs> like I will be super excited if we can do it right and yeah. not fuck it up. If we continue to try and build this and it all goes to shit. No, it's going to be a fucking nightmare. So, um, yeah, it's going to be great as long as we can get people on the same page and continue to build a thing that everybody wants to connect with, Mm -hmm. because if we don't, then no, it's, it's going to be awful. So, um, I, I want to keep, it just drives me harder to make me want to make it great because I want to connect to all the people to make sure that everyone in that section is on the same page. We're all building towards the same thing. So, um, yeah, exciting stuff, exciting stuff. Uh, so fan council. Uh, yeah. Uh, well we're talking about Caleb and he got up and and gave his speech and he come out, came over and hung out with us a little bit. Uh, and we met him for the first time at the uh, the fan council thing. And like I said, man, he is enthusiastic and he's if there was Kool-Aid, he drank every last drop of it and he's all in on the train. Uh, also talking to him last night. Uh, this I mean, this is really cool for me and, and for the show. Uh, he was greenlit by the um, gods and goddesses of the PR team at City to hop on and uh, come shoot the shit with us one night. So I, I told him to sit on that till he has something worth breaking for us. And Yeah, I think we were going to get him on as soon as possible. He's a, he's a fun guy. I think he would be fun for the oh, podcast. Yeah, for sure. uh, I love getting somebody on a microphone so I can bust their balls and they can't get away from me. So uh, that's always good. So, yeah, I think I think he'll be good. He did a, a speech last night, but I didn't hear a lot of it. Um, it it got a little raucous in there during some of the speeches. Mitch talked for a while. Um, so uh, I think by the time Caleb had his chance to get up, um, some people may have already gone back to drinking beer. 
but um, he is a good guy. If you get a chance to talk to him, he gives a shit. He asked a bunch of really good questions. Uh, do you remember the question he asked us when we were when he kind of pulled us aside at the end? What was the, the if you could describe the section in one word, what would it be? I think was the question something something like that, that? sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think uh I know one of our words was community, another one was safe, mm-hmm. another one was I think raucous or, you know, fun, something along those lines. Um but yeah, we we stressed a lot of things to him of what is important for specifically I think the Luligans and and those types of things of inclusivity and and safety and you know, we want to have a great time, but we want to make sure that everyone feels included there Mm -hmm. and that's something that um going back to that forward madison thing uh, i was so impressed with the inclusivity for all types of differently abled people in the the forward madison thing um they have a uh handicapable uh capo stand they had um multiple people in in wheelchairs and using other mobility devices um but they were all included in exactly the same way through the march through um the uh seating accessibility through even capo stands there was a way for everyone to be connected at that stadium. And that's something that I was really blown away with. And I don't feel like even through though we've said it at those fan councils, I don't think that we've stressed enough exactly how important it is that everyone gets to be involved Mm -hmm. in the flock and supporter section. If you want to be there, you can be there. And I think that's really, really huge into what they're doing and, and what I hope we can do, especially with the thieves and those types of people. Yeah. And Jake had touched on that uh, in the last episode too, when we, we we're talking about the March and, and we're talking about like, walking a mile and where does it start and where does it end? I'm like, well, I don't want to lug a drum that far, you know, and, and Jake and the thieves came in with a really good perspective that some people just can't like, not that like my knees will kill me by the end of it, but like some people cannot be involved in that. So how, how do we make sure that they stay included through this whole process? I'm like, that's a damn good question because we hadn't really thought about that and we haven't really talked about that. Uh, so it's cool to see, you know, forward Madison with everything they had and that, you know, now several people are in a position to bring that feedback to the club, you know, at these types of events to, you know, make sure that that's, that's a big part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know, I, like I said, I, I know that they're getting that feedback, but I did, I, if nothing else, just want to throw a huge props to forward Madison just for the way that they did have, it seemed like a representation from every group um, in that city. And I thought it was just a, a really cool group and a, and a really, really fun group to get to hang out with. Uh, and I hope that's something that we are building to. I hope that's something people will say about us in the future that, you know, uh, we're representing all people, not just, you know, a bunch of uh, straight white guys uh, and girls in, in that area. So I want to, I want us to, have voices from everyone and I don't want it just to be three white guys on a mic, you know, the whole time. So, um, uh, Oh, and also for Sarah, it's flavorade. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, uh, but I, I think that Caleb 
asks a lot of good questions. Um, much like anyone else, I will reserve my judgment until I see what he does. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say a lot of pretty words. I want to see what their action is. Um, it's kind of the same thing I say with Seebeck. Seebeck has been great in including us in conversations. He invites us to a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, he's always positive when he sees us, no matter how much shit I give him. Um, so at least thus far the actions he keeps showing up he keeps doing the things he keeps repping um our events so those actions have been in line with the types of things that i would hope for in a partner which is what we're trying to be um so you know everyone knows my feelings on mls but i'm trying to give the people that are doing the action and and are taking the right kind of steps the credit that they deserve um they're trying to do the right things so um was very excited to see a lot of city people out last night um a lot of other podcasts were represented i know i saw phil uh and baker who are both i think part of flyover uh i know we had uh steve was there from uh city sc report um I think, uh, what was the other one? The soccer capital podcast guys were there. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that I met them uh, or even potentially know them outside of this. Maybe I do, maybe I don't, but I know that they said they were going to be there last night. So, um, there was a really good kind of independent, uh, soccer media there, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, we met Josh McGee, um, uh, who was super, super nice. Um, and apparently is moving, northern iowa i want to say he said uh, or something like that he's going to do a full-time soccer commentary gig Mm -hmm. um for a college up there which i think is great and especially from if you follow our twitter at all i've given him some some big props because the kid is out literally at every freaking soccer game covering stuff and he put in the work and he's starting to get the rewards for that. And I think that's super cool. So I wanted to throw him uh, both a thanks for coming and, and talking to us and also uh, a huge congratulations for going out and just doing it. You know, that's he has that Luligan mentality of mm-hmm. I'm just going to do it until it happens. Like that's a lot of what we do is just show up and do it. And if you keep doing it, eventually somebody will notice. And that dude is is literally the embodiment of it and i don't think he never ever really considered himself a luligan or maybe i don't know maybe he did i don't know but um yeah i just i i think the dude's awesome and i think he's doing good work and i'm excited to see what he does so um so then beyond caleb at the fan council what else did we do for that fan council it's a big app talk app talk so um and media content yeah what we hope to see we're getting into the really fine line of what we did commit that we would not talk about no so like we we talked that we've already said there's going to be an app people know that there's going to be an app um the big thing was they wanted to know what kind of content do we want on an app um and the type of content that i think we talked about it. We talked about it a little bit on that very, very short episode um, of the the podcast that was very awful audio. And I do apologize. It did the best I could um, was that they were trying to figure out what types of things we want to see. And so we talked about Academy stuff. We want to see as much about the Academy as possible. We want to know about the kids that are coming up that could be the future of the sport in 
two, three, four years, which I think this is silly talked a little bit about when they had Seebeck and Lutz on last week. Um, and if you haven't listened to that podcast, did you, either of you guys have a chance to listen to the This Is Silly yet? Yeah, it was phenomenal. Like listening to Lutz talk and and just his his vision and his motivation behind everything. I'm is it Lutz? Do I always say it wrong? Do I always say Lutz and it's Lutz? Cool. All right. Well, I'm probably gonna still say Lutz because it just it very much is on my brand. So. How grossly American of you, <laughs> Lutz Blackwell. Uh- <laughs> Uh, <laughs> why 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 stop now <laughs> uh, we're but, just gonna get a name generator on a dartboard up here and just anytime <laughs> we need to talk about the next person we meet we're just gonna huck one over there you know it would probably be as accurate as my brain so <laughs> that, that works for me We'll just start using one of those fantasy name generators on uh, yeah. <laughs> online and just make Beasle Boop uh, <laughs> Thornjaw said just a whole lot of <laughs> just a whole lot of like former players that have come through St. Louis. Like we're just gonna hug a couple darts and we're yeah. talking about meeting somebody at City, but their name is gonna be like AJ Cochran. I <laughs> <laughs> Like just like Ivan Wharton. Yeah, he's the one of the, one of the ticketing guys in St. Louis City. <laughs> uh, but no, it was so having having not uh, since their episode with Lutz wasn't released yet when we had uh, the fan council meeting. So it was very cool that, uh, you know, a lot of the people that were at the fan council meeting and some of the things that that uh, you know Lutz and Seebeck and the, the the Sicily crew talked about uh, were very echoing of each other. You know, we want to see Academy stuff because you know that's going to be the first product. Uh, but we also talked about. I think it was. Uh, I th- I think it was Baker and and his little uh, breakout group. Uh, we want to see things about the Academy as if they were the first team. Like that, the content for the Academy needs to match and meet the content for the first team. And there should be no, no differentiation other than this is the Academy. This is the first team, but the coverage, the content, the detail should be the same for both of those. Absolutely. And I think that's a cool way to not only get us involved, but to me, it gets every kid in every youth system in the city involved because they see the pathway then and that really drew me into something that do you remember who told the story of Lutz calling pep does anybody do you, was that uh so there was a story that somebody told i think it was at that uh meeting where we were talking about Decad- academy development and how they're yeah. orienting the fields yeah but it was specifically like a facilities question yes you know because you know Lutz gets to design basically how everything is going to work and casually because of course he did just calls Pep Guardiola of Man City to ask him how he did it yeah and that's that was a one I don't know if the story is true but I I, my girlfriend vacuuming 
<laughs> I was gonna say somebody's weed whacking outside. Oh, that's no, it's a good possibility. It's probably the crackhead that uh, I have a person, and I, it's probably not nice to call her a crackhead. <laughs> right but the- here's the thing. Here's the thing. She she leaf blows at two o'clock in the morning. She mm-hmm. leaf blows at three o'clock in the afternoon. There are days that she is leaf blown for four to five hours straight. She would have gotten along phenomenally with my old neighbor at the apartment. Yeah, there is there is something inside of her that makes her compulsively leaf <laughs> <Yeah>. blow. <laughs> And I have a theory <laughs> on what it's it not, is. Is it crack? It's not I a have a theory. theory it's crack. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, he just casually just calls up Pep and. Uh, Sorry, you were you were gonna finish that. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, my my whole thing with skepticism was that I don't know that the story actually happens. But yes, the the theory the story goes is that we were there was a discussion of how should we orient Academy Fields at the thing. So he calls up Pep. Take the rest of the story. I'm giving it to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man, I feel like I'm gonna let you down now. We've built this up for everybody. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> stare judgingly at you the entire to, time. How to get away with not remembering the story. <laughs> Uh, so Pep was explaining like how you set it up uh, in a progression. So, you know, the the youngest group is on this field with with these resources. And then the next group at the academy or the next level has bigger equipment, newer equipment. And the next group has bigger and louder and newer equipment. And then. But very specifically, to me, the interesting thing was distance to the stadium. And specifically because of where our stadium is located, you would have the team closest to being the first team playing right next to the stadium. And the team that's the next step down is a step further away. So you can literally see the field stair step, like a literal ladder of your progression. Every time you move a field to, let's say, the left, if you're looking at the wheel, if you every take time you take a field a step to the left, you're one step closer to the first team, and that small you know more equipment, more more things every time you step up, and that to me is a really cool idea of putting a kid on this field and going. If you do everything right, you walk up that ladder and you walk into the field, or you walk through the tunnel and you walk onto the field because there is literally a tunnel that connects yeah, past practice the fields. wall of our uh, freshly tapped. Uh, Kegs for exactly. all the goals he scored. <laughs> or, or with all the tops cut off. Yeah. <laughs> Going to be such a good influence, guys. <laughs> and one day you'll walk past those kegs. Uh, but no, I, I just like that. And again, I don't think that's covering crossing any boundaries because that has nothing to do with yeah. uh, anything they're, uh, they're building. But that is that to me. One that uh, Lutz can just call up Pep Guardiola or text Pep Guardiola is mind blowing to me, but it makes sense. The man played at every level on every mm-hmm. continent. So, uh, but that connection to the world of soccer and to some of the best minds in the world of soccer is why he's such an exciting person to have at the center of our our football team to build the beginnings of our our academy system and getting to dig into what that man does on a daily basis and digging into those types of stories would be awesome content for whatever Mm -hmm. either their website or their instagram or you know if they build an app that integrates all of those things 
that's perfect for that. So I think that those types of things are the types of things that we get excited about because oh, for sure, you know, how do you, we watch Pep Guardiola on, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning on Sunday, what, you know, coaching one of the best teams in the world. And we, we have a guy that is talking to those types of people and, and that's fun. That's a, just a fun idea. Um, we also talked, I think you mentioned some of the more granular types of things that we were hoping in the future, what an app on a game day could do for us. You know, we've talked ordering food. We've talked um, getting directions to food. And you talked that kind of dyma- dynamic mapping type of thing where you can um, find from where you are. Do I need to go up a level, down a level? How many stalls do I have to go past one direction mm-hmm. or the other? Mm-hmm. Giving what I would say Midwest directions. Rick, Rick called that out when we were driving. I re- drove Rick home last night from his, uh, cause he was down at the stadium with the school and he goes, uh, drive over the bridge to uh, second road on your left. Sorry. Just gave you some Midwest directions. And I'm like, no, that's perfect. Like, but that's, <laughs> that's perfect. And that's, uh, in one of the, I'm trying to, so we're going to Cancun. Uh, we leave tomorrow. Uh, and the resort has like 37, like waypoint items that you can do throughout the resort and they're scattered all over the place. And you try to figure out which one is which, and they have this app that does everything. I mean, I can order room service from the shower if I want to, from this app, uh, you click on the resort map and it just, there's a PDF of the resort and there's nothing you can do. And you got to zoom in to figure out which one's 21 and which one's 27 because they look the same. Uh, so one of the things we talked about integrating, cause I mean, city is wherever they can leverage the best technology they're going to kind of from what they're saying. So uh, a dynamic map of look, you are right here in front of section 127. You're trying to get to insert Gerard craft recommended restaurant here. And that's in section 148. So the app to recognize where you are in the direction you're heading and give you actual directions to get there. Like what's the best way to get there versus Here's a picture of the stadium where the sections are. Sounds like they're going to have to start getting into some almost AR augmented reality type tech. Well, I mean, first of all, Jim, uh, why am I blanking on the dude's name? Uh, You want to throw another dart? (laughs) Grenwis? Jim Grenwis, (laughs) CEO of Worldwide Technology. It's weird being on the other side of the guy cracking up. Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. Uh, But no, like we've got legitimately worldwide tech is is the backbone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's it's nothing like crazy fancy, but just like for the app to have location awareness of where you are, like this is the closest bathroom to you right now is in front of section 118 and it's out here to the left. You know, the the closest uh, family room or or quiet room, you know, if you have uh, a child who just needs to get away or you know, we talk about non-binary restrooms. If you're looking for that one specifically, you know, the app is going to know where you are and where to send you. Yeah. And I mean, you could do that with Wi-Fi right now. Like we know they're going to have Wi-Fi in the stadium. Um, So just having your phone open to new Wi-Fi connections, even if you're not connected to one helps your GPS orient you on a, on a 
map there are you know you look at the the things like the apple tags that apple just came out with the tile has been around for a while but all of those things that can network the network of devices around you whether you're physically connected to them or not to give locational awareness of other things you tie any of those things into 30 or 20,000 people all having that app on their phone all of a sudden you have a connection of 20,000 people that you can pinpoint somebody basically down to the foot of where they're standing in that stadium why would you not leverage that technology to then help navigate people through yeah through your uh thing and it, it the the cool thing that they have what do you remember peter's last name somebody mentioned it last night the app developer um i don't know i went through and looked at that peter north maybe that might be a porn star i don't really know um <laughs> peter grinwis uh <laughs> no, i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry darts man. Peter, peter hardware uh, <laughs> i knew i got that wrong that might also be a porn star <laughs> <laughs> oh, guaranteed. <laughs> and if not, Hardware Peter definitely is. <laughs> hey, I'm Hardware Pete. I'm here to <laughs> fix your pipes. <laughs> uh, but no, I talked to that dude. Uh, and then I went and looked him up because he's a legit Arsenal fan from England. Um, and that guy, of all the people, seemed giddy to be there like Seebeck looks giddy I, all the time but like, like corporate giddy the speed at which that notepad and pen flew out of his pocket when he heard some of the conversations that we were having i mean he was all in and he's like oh well, this is i never even would have thought about doing it this way or this is really cool like just how you're you're talking about integrating this and that and i'm like i mean his his eyes lit up and they stayed brighter than the sun for the entire meeting but that guy's also done like he's worked with Coca-Cola and like I, I won't Oreo. I know that he did a Oreo like he was one of the main designers on this Oreo um, like bunker thing where they did this huge social media like thing where they I don't even know what the, the whole premise. But I look through his CV. The dude's done some incredible work. Uh, so first of all crazy that they got that guy because again behind the scenes that that stuff is insane um but the fact that he is a true what i would say true football supporter that guy knows oh yeah what the sport is and understands the history of that sport in england him coming over and realizing that he can be a part of building something that could become arsenal-esque in 20 years here i think that's a, a really exciting thing for him and i think it's why so many of us are excited in the way that we are because we get to understand that we can be the ground level of something that can be going for hopefully a hundred years in this city yeah and build that kind of tradition and whether or not anybody knows who we are doesn't matter. The idea is, is that we've started traditions that will live on throughout that thing. Like the, And I think he, on kind of a, a DNA kind of level, gets how cool that is. And you can see it in his eyes every time he talks about it. And I think that's why Seebeck is always so excited because he gets to be integral into that part and people will remember his name because it's been plastered on everything you know he will 
the success of this club is very, and it's specifically the experience part of it is all on him. So it's exciting, but it's also a crazy amount of weight. So, um, but that's, that's what I dug about Peter is that he has that same kind of, wow, I get to build this and, and that's cool. I think I see a lot of that same excitement that we have in his eyes. Um, and not, not that I don't see it with other people, but really kind of dug it with him. And I think that's why it was exciting on the app conversation mm-hmm. with seeing how excited he got about certain things. Um, and just, I won't go into a lot of detail, but a lot of the things we talked about of how do you connect to the person next to you if you don't already know them? You know, how do you connect to people that you see all the time in the stadium? How do you connect, build a a connection out of the people that you meet around you? And how can you, how can an app help facilitate that? And I think there was some really cool stuff that came out of that. And I'm excited to see where a lot of that goes. Yeah. I'm excited to be able to talk about it more too. So like, I'm not saying chop chop, but... (laughs) Yeah, I'm. I want it to be good. I I would much rather it be very good than very quick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, I feel like they're doing a lot of what they're capable of doing right now on the app. I think they're capable of doing in social media, and people are already bought into that. Um, I'll be interested to see when the app rolls out. And what they'll be able to do with it to get people bought in early. Um, And we talked a bit about what will get people to buy in, but I don't know what that thing will, you know, whenever, whenever that is that they release it, what will be that thing that gets people to draw in and get that content and and get it from the app versus getting it from elsewhere. So um, it'll be interesting. I I think it's, it's exciting to see, Again, so many things being built. We saw the stadium up close. We saw the beginnings of how they want to interact with fans and how that game day experience is going to build. We're seeing the beginning of a lot of things, and it's fun to speculate where those things go. Um, but any other app-type-related things that we think we can talk about that uh, I don't want to give away too many of the the big kind of punchline things because one i don't know that they'll happen and and two um i think it would be fun to to have some of that exploration in there yeah well i'm more excited to see what they do take away and i i don't want it to be like a hey we talked about this casually as an idea that was thrown around and then you know it be something that should have merited a much more grandiose kind of roll out if that makes sense yeah because like some of the things we threw out there and i i don't mean we like the three of us i mean we like there were people there who had killer ideas who were at these council meetings for the very first time uh you know i don't want to take any of that thunder away i'd much rather say holy shit that thing we talked about they did it how cool is this you know and and share some of that I don't I think we mentioned her name in the original short episode. I do not remember her name right now, but whoever was the other person that was in our group threw out a killer, killer idea. And I loved it because it was her first fan council meeting. And I think she said that this was kind of like her first real dive into this style of supporter culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really cool that 
it just solidifies that we need other voices than ours. Like that's the thing that I keep getting at. And Mitch mentioned last night and we keep harping on here is that we need more voices that aren't just ours. We want to hear because a lot of people have a lot of really, really great ideas that we want to make sure are getting out there. And so if you're sending them to us, trust me, they are getting to, to Seebeck and, and those types of people through any interactions we have. Um, but just getting more voices involved is always going to be better. And I, I think every time we get a new person in the group, that shows because they bring something new yeah. new and cool to the group that, that we just haven't done before. So, um, yeah, man, just, just a lot of cool stuff that's happening. Where are we at time-wise, Rick? Hour seven. Hot damn. Laura, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> it's not too bad. There was something really cool, and it's not it's not supporter culture specific, but something very cool. One of the initiatives that uh, the whole game day team is putting together, and I talked to Kalia, you know, for a little bit about it. I I didn't ask what is or isn't public, so I can't really get into it. But I can say it's super fucking cool that they're thinking about just integrating. Uh, you know, into the game day experience and what it looks like and all that as far as uh, just everything from like food and drink to to clean up and all this other stuff. So uh, I would love to dive into that when, you know, we know it's it's public, but she did say it was like right around the corner that they were going to announce that and kind of kick off what that's going to look like. Uh, so I look forward to hearing, you know, more about that, uh, you know, at the, at the next council or as they continue to roll out the announcements, which are coming out like Mach 5 right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the only other thing that we talked about, I, I keep kind of randomly mentioning it, but I do want to throw out because um, I had a chance to talk to Fred from Emoja last night um, and, and Chief for a minute. Um, one of the things that we threw out was how to make sure that all communities are getting involved regardless of the ability to pay, the ability to both pay to get into the game, but also transportation to get down there, um, making sure that um, we can connect as many people to the game, regardless of their ability to pay for a seat. Um, and I threw out the idea that what if you gave the uh, Luligans an opportunity to throw an extra buck or two bucks on the end of every one of their season ticket, you know, per game so that end up being 20 bucks a season or something uh but with that 20 bucks you're helping buy a seat for somebody else and my stress to caleb was that if we do that and we're buying seats for people we buy the seats the club makes sure as they get there so the club provides some kind of transportation to make sure that they can get to the game um and and participate in the same way everybody else does uh and it, it might not end up being a thing that comes to fruition, but it's an idea that I had. Um, and I think it's something that would be important because I know that um, when I've talked to Fred before, um, it's not always the ticket to the game. That's the hard part. It's getting 20 or 30 people from South City to Fenton, which won't be as much of a problem in Central City. Mm. But I'm sure there are groups that live closer out by you who would love to come out to a game yeah. but are going to have a hard time getting 20 people transported down there because there's no north south end of the uh the metro yeah. to get somebody down uh, there kelly and i were actually just talking about that because uh, one of the things i brought up 
you know, at the at the fan council was like, there's talent everywhere. There's interested people everywhere, you know. But how far does your reach go and, and are you reaching the right way? You know, so uh, she was telling me about a program that they do uh, in her district where uh, when they cover hockey, you know, it's the hockey unit. They bring in a bunch of like triple A blues or, or, you know, like kids from their their blues younger team. It's probably from the Springfield blues. So the Springfield, Illinois used to be um at least one of we were the junior blues yeah i like I said i it, it wasn't it wasn't the nhl level it wasn't yeah. like the ohl level it was it was like the kid level yeah. where they came in and, and like ran through drills and played with the students and it was it was just really cool to to be with like peer or peer-esque uh groups that could share their love of hockey with these kids and and do a bunch of that uh you know the ambush does a lot of in school you know they show up for soccer things uh for soccer units in like gym class and things uh but one of the big things that uh you know that she had voiced and i was like i wish we had this conversation before that fan fan council meeting was like it can't be a charity like it, you cannot reach out to these these communities and these organizations and as an act of charity, bring the sport to them. You know, it is, you know, I play for a club that represents St. Louis. You live in St. Louis. I'm going to share my love of the game with you. Um, but uh, she was telling me at, at Berkeley uh, up in North County, you know, during lunchtime and recess, a lot of those kids are playing soccer because they don't have this giant playground. You know, they have play equipment, but they don't have huge playgrounds for for everybody to be able to play on. So soccer becomes one of the default things for them to play. So like, how cool would it be for City to come out and just kick a ball around with these kids? Like, just be like, hey, look, see, you like soccer. We like soccer. We're just going to come out and play soccer with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is how they integrate into our community is going to be big and that i think those types of things are gonna be the things that will get kids in in berkeley in the the places my dad literally grew up you know that's dad uh lived in berkeley i mean that was literally his headdress when we were uh when he was a kid and that's those type of neighborhoods that have been abandoned by a lot a lot of st louis that would be great to have people reinvesting again not charity wise just investing in those communities and and showing that we give a shit you know and and, and that's huge i think yeah. that is really really big and uh i i've i've said it to seaback i've said it to Kalia, i've said it to, to everybody who's asked um st louis loves st louis shit and one of the things st louis loves the most is rewarding and recognizing people in St. Louis who are doing things for St. Louis, you know, specifically, you know, community things and, and outreach things and, and not just, Hey, I gave a shitload of money so that this school could have a new pool. Right. But like, Hey, this group is out in the community all the time. You know, we recognize that we want to support that. Like that is when you talk about like what makes St. Louis, St. Louis, that is something that is truly St. Louis. Absolutely. And that's something I want to throw um, Kyle Garcia, who does, um, I think it's Kyle Garcia, Kyle Bridgewater. I don't know. Um, (laughs) 
anyway, um, the dude that does the taco reviews, he does the Uno Mas taco reviews, um, and his family owns the Locos Tacos, mm-hmm. um, and also the place on Lindbergh over here that I'm not sure the name of, but they have the most insane uh, Mexican food I've ever had in my entire life. Um, but he has organized like people just going out in the community and doing trash pickups and you know doing food drives or or supply drives for for kids and those types of things and the dude just does it like he does it because the community needs it Mm -hmm. and and that's really really cool and i think he's not advertising in fact he told me he specifically doesn't want to advertise those types of things and that's great but he also needs advertisement so people know that we can help him out and and do those types of things so I, I'm totally with you. Like St. Louis doesn't want charity. St. Louis wants people investing back into them and, and giving a hand up, but you know, not doing it because they want the reward for it. They want people just actually coming out and caring. And I think that's something that the Luligans do well. And I hope, especially with the thieves, I know they mentioned they were doing a, uh, a drive last night. I think there'll be some information coming out from the thieves. Um, about how you can do some Amazon wish list stuff if you want to uh, contribute. They're putting together an Amazon wish list. They're going to grab some stuff, uh, put together packs for the unhoused, and then go out and make sure that people are taken care of coming into winter with sleeping bags and, and jackets and those types of things. And that's great. I am super excited about that type of involvement, but I'm even more excited about getting out and trying to get our hands in the community and not just do it like you said, charity wise, trying to actually get in there and, and be involved in, in community, um, to try and make a difference in, in some of those places. And if you're a Luligan that knows how to do those, or even if you're not a Luligan, but you, you know, somebody who could use the hand, throw it out there. And if, if we have the ability and, uh, to do it, I'm sure that somebody will jump on board and, and try and help you out. Yeah. Plus, how cool would it be to field an academy team that represents every major, you know, we'll say district in St. Louis? 100%. Like, that'd be fun. We, we've already feel like we're going to field a, a team of West County. Yes. You know, people are going to come out of Ladue. People are going to come out of Chesterfield, Baldwin. People are going to come out of St. Charles. But like to have a team that has South City, South County, North County, you know, places that don't get the the pay to play exposure um but you know the way lutz is lutz is is talking and and describing kind of his vision like it's entirely feasible that we have a diversely represented academy team of of people throughout the st louis area and i I think that in and of itself would be as cool as fielding a a very successful from a performance standpoint team. Yes. And I know that they mentioned um, and I think they wanted us to to put it out there at some point at that fan council that they are offering some totally free to play camps and things that are coming up through St. Louis City. So I know that they are offering some free to play you know you don't need to have anything uh to show up and do it Uh, but again my thing for that is that you're still going to have the kids whose parents can afford to take the time off or to get them to that thing Um, and that's i told caleb and i'll share it for the podcast 
my least favorite story in U.S. soccer is the Clint Dempsey story because so many people use it as the quintessential U.S. story of how somebody who wanted to do it was able to overcome the odds and become a superstar. But the reason Clint Dempsey was able to overcome the odds and become a superstar is because the rest of his family was able and willing to drop everything in their life to make him become a superstar. His his sister just gave up her entire dream and ambition uh, of also being an athlete because the family couldn't support Clint being on this track and her being on that track. And so they made a decision that she had to stop so that they could pour everything into what he was doing. Not a parent, had those conversations, but absolute bullshit. Yeah. And like just the fact, because people always, well, his mom drove him an hour and a half both directions that he did homework in the car. That should not be the marker of what you need to do to be successful in this country. Yeah. And that's the problem with a lot of the sports stories is that if anyone's ever read Malcolm Gladwell outliers, there is a reason certain kids like if you look at I think his thing was like NHL all star teams. If you look at the ages of when NHL all star teams are born, most of the kids are born within three months of one another. And that's because that of when tryouts are those kids mm-hmm. are the oldest and the most developed by the time tryouts come, which means they get picked for the premier teams most likely, which means that they get more focused training mm-hmm. and support and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And everything they get is more focused because at the right time they were the most developed. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that they're necessarily the best athletes. It just means that they were the ones that got the most time and effort drawn into them. And that's my problem with anybody who does. Well, everybody has the equal opportunity to come out. No, they don't. Because a kid who doesn't have a mom who can drop everything to drive them to a soccer practice at three o'clock and doesn't have a good public transit system in St. Louis to get them there is out. Like that kid doesn't have a chance. He's not going to get that extra drill. His mom can't buy an extra coach to come in and teach him how to be a better goalkeeper or a better defender. They don't get a lot of those things. And so like, can you be great? Absolutely. You can, but the odds are harder for that kid versus the kid from Ledoux who has, you know, somebody who can drive them to practice and, and yeah. buy them an extra coach where the, you know, the mom has a second job to pay for the additional private training yeah. versus the kid who is, you know, we'll say on the field equally as talented or, or, or gifted whose mom is working the second job to feed, to him. feed him. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it also, this is one of those things that we hope they hear. I, I assume they're going to hear. I, I wish that they hear and act on, uh, but those are also like the families and the friends that generate, you know, passion and pride for the team that translate into support, that translate into filling our 3,200 seat section, that translate into finding new drummers, finding capos. I mean, just it's just a trickle, trickle down effect. I hate using that. Uh, but it impacts every facet of the game and the experience and the culture. And that is the most important thing we're trying to build. Well, that's why I like the 
the phrase that I think gets quoted to Bird a lot, but the the rising tide raises all ships. Like that, I don't want it to be a trickle down. I want to raise everyone up. Like I want everyone to be elevated through what we're doing here. And I don't want it to be a bunch of people who look like me. I just, I don't like, I'm fine that a bunch of people who look like me are going to be there, but I don't want it to be a sea of me in that stadium because that is not what St. Louis looks like. Oh, but it'd be so loud. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you had a thousand, 32,000 people were 22,000 people with my voice, it would be the loudest thing in the world. But that's also terrible. Like it's not, it's not feasible. And I I just want more people that represent St. Louis in our supporter section, because the more people that I feel like represent St. Louis, the better off we are. Because again, St. Louis loves St. Louis as much as um, it annoys me at times. I love St. Louis um, and I love the diversity and I love the, the things that happen here that I don't think happen in other cities. I love the city museum. Uh, I love a lot of the stupid things that St. Louis does. I just, I want to bring all of St. Louis into our stadium and I, I don't want it to be one viewpoint. So, um, I think the more we get the better. And I think that's cool because I'm talking to Carlos, um, because Carlos has the Colombian connections. Um, I want to get with Emoja because Emoja has, um, their, um, God, I don't even know the the right way of saying it. Um, I, I'm just going to go with African connections. Um, but they have that just different cultures that we can bring in. Um, I just want to bring as many different cultures and viewpoints and traditions and things in because I feel that, that makes us richer. So, um, yeah, the Bosnian supporter culture. I love those guys. Uh, anytime I've been to a Bosnian game at Bush Stadium, it has been a madhouse and I love it. So, um yeah, I just I just want to see as many people as possible. So, um, anything else? Anything else we want to talk about? Um, I think we'll probably get to chanting and uh, maybe more Madison recap next time because uh, we are again running out of time. I'm sorry, Laura. I said you're welcome uh, at 107 and at 125 or 130. Uh, I'm going to say I'm sorry. <laughs> 125. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I got good time. All right. So, um, what do we want to throw out? Uh, for the socials yeah um i don't know man i would say let's try and i'm i really want to dig into the community thing like what are our ways of getting connected to different communities that aren't St. Louisan communities. How do we reach out? Who do we talk to to get to those things? Do you know people that can help us reach people that we aren't currently reaching? Like what yeah. how do we get there? Um we could also do um you know what what type of noise do you want coming out of us? You know, we talked a little bit about um or even app stuff what do you want to see on an app we can ask people about apps again it's not uh not giving anything away on it what do they want to see on it yep. that's i think that's a, a good a question as any is the uh, you know let's let's try to build community but also tie those two things together how does app try and build community how can you 
both us try to build community outside of just through supporter culture, but also how does an app help build community and, and what types of things do you want to see in an app that will help us both connect to everybody in St. Louis, which I think is something we talked about. I, I suggested putting scores of literally every league that happens in St. Louis on the app somewhere. Put the the Latin American League in which Emoja um, uh, plays in. Put that on there. Let's do a, a short bio on that team and get to meet some of those guys. Mm-hmm. Meet local soccer in St. Louis. And again, figure out how to connect and, and you know, build that community inside of what we're doing. So cool. So uh, anything you want to throw out there for? Nope. Cool. <laughs> Rick, Rick is very stoked today. <laughs> throwing bombs. Uh, yeah. So, you know, how, how do you engage the the soccer community that exists inside the other communities uh you know and then we have an app you have the team in the palm of your hand what do you want to see what what does that look like to you and uh you know something we can discuss on the next episode absolutely and i'm sure some discussion will come up i know we're going to try and talk chance on the next episode so if you have chance that you haven't thrown out already throw them out there we'll see if you know we can do something. <laughs> they're on every piece of show notes we've written down absolutely and we just go and go and go and run out of time i mean there's it's weird because when we started this we thought there wasn't going to be enough content to <laughs> yeah. do every other week and now I feel like we have enough content that we could probably do every week. But one, there's no reason to do that. And two, uh, our lives don't work for yeah, that. Um, for sure. And to that point, this is going to come out probably next week sometime. Um, but I don't know when our next one's going to be because I Sam is going to Cancun. Then Zach goes to Denver. Um, and then Rick has uh, lots of work coming up because his season is getting dead into the center of what he does on you know for for his profession so um it's going to be tough but we're going to try and continue to to throw out content when we have stuff um so stay tuned and and join a conversation i we talk about the fan council uh i just wanted to throw a huge shout out to johnny garcia and uh and his family for hosting the fan council at the golden hoosier down off king's highway it's absolutely phenomenal so you walk in and it just the the color and the themes everything's very cool go straight to the back and the entire back patio is campground themed which i love and i was talking to johnny about it yeah you should uh you know the upstairs is really cool you know it's closed right now but you know it's more art and less you know like taxidermy and everything i said oh i didn't really notice on the way in that that much going on but when you you look into the the dining room side of it and it is ooh, it's awesome yeah he's he does cool stuff just mm-hmm. johnny johnny just does cool stuff he is a a super interesting guy and i always enjoy when we see johnny out at something so yeah, yeah. absolutely if you've not checked out the golden hoosier go over and check that out yeah uh and you know and we hope to uh to continue to rotate around you know local uh you know st louis hotspots that also share the passion for soccer yeah. you know right out of the gate i thought it was really cool that you know, we were at a different venue than the back patio for uh, Amsterdam, which is already a, a landmark in the community, you know, so getting these other businesses and opportunities. Well, I think it was maybe mostly because there was a tournament going on yeah. and uh, we didn't want to be there. Also, any of you guys watching that U.S. game tonight? 
I, you mean tomorrow morning? It, no, this is the U.S. versus Mexico. I know you only oh, care about the women. Sorry, no, that's <laughs> whatever. It's fine. I'm 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 torn on whether I want to watch and be disappointed at how bad the men's team plays against Mexico tonight uh, because they have they barely beat Cutter yesterday or a couple days ago. So I can't imagine that we're going to be that much better against. Um, well, if you want to talk about it, I'll be up at 3 a.m. for the other game that matters. Oh, goodness. I don't. I, <laughs> I can't do a 3 a.m. game, man. I, are you staying up or are you taking a nap? And I don't know. Up? I can still sleep on the plane. It's fine. Oh, you go. Yeah, you're going to Cancun, so it doesn't matter if you. Yeah, and if I can't sleep on the work. plane, I'll sleep on the beach. And if I can't sleep on the beach, I'll sleep in the swim out pool in front of our room. If I can't sleep there, I'll sleep in the bed. You have a swim out pool in front of your room? Yeah, dude. That's sexy. Mm. I'm disappointed I don't get to go to this trip. Oh, well. It's my fault. It's not not like uh, you did anything. I just I wasn't available. So, um, cool. All right. Anything else? We we good to go? We good to sign it off? See if I can get out of here without totally screwing this up. First take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know we're on all our socials at Show It Make Noise. Uh, you know we throw out the discussions based on the pod, but also just. I mean, we had somebody the other day just tweet out a what if we and tagged a whole bunch of groups, ourselves included, started a huge discussion. Absolutely. Uh, If it's soccer related, if it's soccer culture, soccer supporter related, throw us on it. We want to be part of the discussion. You know, we want to see what other people are talking about and just, you know, foster that communication across everybody. So at show up, make noise all over the place. Let us know what's going on. Yeah. And uh, it's a possibility. This might be the first one on our own independent channel. So um, if it is, please like and subscribe um, to us. Give us some reviews on iTunes. Uh, That will be super helpful. Uh, There's a spider on that cable and it's freaking the mic stand. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, But anywho, uh, kill it, Rick. Kill it. No, don't kill it. Don't kill. Don't kill spider. Don't kill spider, bro. Look, man, should have been the face of the Avengers franchise. My my uh, answer is always it can live unless I see it. And as soon as I see it, it has to die. Mm. So uh, that's his fault for showing his face anyway. uh, (laughs) But yes, please like and subscribe um, at show up, make noise on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, yeah, please join a discussion. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, throw us a review on iTunes if and when we finally get our own channel. Uh, my name is Zach. This has been Show Up, Make Noise. My name is Zach. I'm Rick. I am Sam. And we will talk to you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.